Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. If it's not in our best interest, it's not in his either. And he's going to speak up about it. This is The Roy Green Show. Well, I've made a, a very public commitment that the first order of business that I will do will be to repeal Justin Trudeau's federal carbon tax. Uh, he is imposing this as an Ottawa knows best top-down approach uh, on provinces that do not want it. And I believe uh, that it is completely ineffective when it comes to reducing greenhouse gas emissions. And it just becomes another source of revenue. Uh, it's going to make Canada's economy completely uh, uncompetitive against uh, our, our trading partners. And, uh, and I, will, I will repeal it. Conservative Party of Canada leader Andrew Scheer on the carbon tax and what he will do if he becomes Prime Minister of Canada. And I bet a hundred bucks. Well, they decided on the hundred bucks. With Catherine Swift and Michelle Simpson that uh, Andrew Scheer will be the Prime Minister after next October's election, federal election. And I haven't been wrong yet. Oh, yeah, I think somebody's going to owe me some money as well on the uh, on who's going to end up paying for at least part of the Trans Mountain Pipeline. Yeah, one of my colleagues may end up owing me some money. He was on my program, and he was quite adamant that that wasn't going to happen, and I told him it was, and then he said, well, let's bet two bucks. Should have gone for more. Anyhow, Andrew Scheer says no carbon tax if he becomes prime minister. Now, Mr. Trudeau's going to have problems anyway if Doug Ford is elected premier of Ontario, and the polls suggest that he will be, although much of, uh, much of mainstream media seems to be trying to edge it toward Andrea Horvath and the NDP because they know that uh, Kathleen Wynne is kaput. Um, we don't know for sure how voters will respond. I know though anybody who was around for 1990 to 1995 under Bob Ray, I know how you're going to vote, but I don't know how the millennials are going to vote. So we will see how that turns out. But if Ford becomes the premier of Ontario, he certainly has said he will ditch the cap and trade plan, which Andrea, Andrea, which, uh, well, I guess Andrea, Andrea Horvath probably keep the uh, deal that Kathleen Wynne made with Quebec and California. What a strange little triumvirate. Ontario, Quebec, and California. And who's making money off this? California. Anyway, so that would be it for the carbon tax, or at least that would be a big fight for Trudeau. And if Jason Kenney becomes the premier of Alberta, which the polls suggest he will, and the election takes place anywhere between the 1st of uh, March and the 31st of May, at least that's what the plan should be in Alberta, we don't know what the current premier may have in mind, but I think she's obliged or obligated to have the election before the 31st of May. And if Kenny becomes the uh, premier, I don't think there's much doubt Mr. Kenny will also jettison the uh, carbon tax, and Saskatchewan's already said, forget about it. And uh, Manitoba has their own, own version and thumbing their nose, kind of, 
at Trudeau. So that'll be really be the end of it. Because you can't move forward with only six provinces. And you can't move forward when you've been fired. Which I think Justin's going to be next year. So I'm going to talk to uh, Tom Harris. I've, Tom is, uh, Tom's a brilliant guy. And he has been on the issue of climate science for a long time. He's taken a lot of heat for his positions, but he's very thoughtful. And he's the executive director of the International Climate Science Coalition. And uh, he wrote a column titled, Canada's Climate Change Plans, All Pain, No Gain. And uh, that column ran in Toronto and Winnipeg and Calgary and Edmonton in the Sun Papers. And, of course, this program airs in all of those markets and, and many more. And uh, so we have Tom Harris joining us now. just want to say this. According to uh, – and I'm just taking this from Tom's column. According to the director for the study of science at the Cato Institute in Washington, a reduction of 90 million tons per year of greenhouse gases – which is the maximum that's expected for Canada's plan under Trudeau, uh, would result in, get this, would result between 0.001 and 0.002 degrees Celsius less global warming by 2100 than would otherwise occur, and it would be at a huge cost to Canadians. And you know that Dr. Bjorn Lomborg has been on this program, international scientist and economist, and he said after the Paris Agreement, all that's going to do is cost the civilized countries, uh, civilized, the Western nations, I don't want to say civilized, the, uh, the uh, developed countries, uh, a trillion bucks and accomplish nothing. It was even less. He said 0.001 degree would, um, would be the, the result. So Tom Harris joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Corus Radio Network, executive director of the International Climate Science Coalition. Tom, uh, where do we start? Well, we have to go back and say, okay, do we really know what's going to happen with the climate in the future? I mean, we know climate changes. We're not climate change deniers. We're recognizing that climate always changes on a planet with a dynamic atmosphere. If it didn't change, we'd still be stuck back in the Ice Age. The real question is, will our emissions of greenhouse gases cause dangerous climate change in the future? And that's the only excuse that you could really mount for spending this kind of money. You know, the problem is, I mean, over the last century, the temperature of the Earth, which is sort of generalized over the whole planet, has only gone up something like a degree Celsius, and that certainly hasn't been catastrophic. So unless there's dangerous climate change ahead and we're the cause, then all of this money that's being spent is a total waste. And when you say our responsibility, then we have to look at it whether is it a global situation or is it a Canadian situation. And from our perspective... We have to look at the Canadian reality because it's the Canadian taxpayer who's going to be funding the Canadian climate plan, which Mr. Trudeau has, or the carbon tax plan, which Mr. Trudeau has kept quite secret, hasn't he? Yeah, that's right. But, you know, on April 23rd, my birthday, it was a great birthday present, there was a report put out by the Office of the Parliamentary Budget Officer, and it projected that a federal carbon tax will lower Canada's GDP by $10 billion in 2022 compared to a scenario without the tax. And so, yeah, the costs are enormous, and those are probably smaller than what will really happen because at 2022, we'll be at $50 a ton, and we're going to have to go a lot higher than that if we actually want to meet our Paris Agreement. Look, how much of this is really worth pursuing? 
How much of how much is uh, is the carbon tax is the carbon tax at all worth pursuing? I go back to Australia, two thousand and fourteen. They had a carbon tax and they dumped it because the Australian government said all it's doing is harming our economy, it's harming families, it's harming individuals, it's not doing anything for the country. So they got rid of it. Um, it, is, yeah, there, is there anything? Wild. Is there anything in the carbon in a carbon tax, whether it's provincial or federal, that is ultimately going to be significantly important? No, it isn't because they're taxing the wrong stuff. I mean, most of the emissions, the greenhouse gas emissions that they're taxing, are carbon dioxide, and carbon dioxide is plant food. It's not pollution. And if you don't think that carbon dioxide is causing dangerous climate change, and we don't think it is, and many scientists are on our side, then indeed it's not worth controlling. What you should control, though, is real pollution. Things like sulfur dioxide, nitrous oxide, particulates, lead, mercury, those are real pollutants. Okay, that's worth controlling. But what people don't realize is things like these carbon tax and, of course, the clean power plant in the United States are totally misnamed because the only thing it focused on was carbon dioxide. And, you know, you have to remember, Roy, that plants evolved at a time. Most of the plants around today evolved at a time when CO2 was much higher in the atmosphere. And that's why we pump CO2 into greenhouses to get much enhanced growth, and they also grow better with less water. So the idea that we are going to control the climate by CO2 emission reduction at an enormous cost is, is ridiculous. In fact, there are some agricultural scientists, believe it or not, Craig Itso, for example, uh, at the Center for the Study of Carbon Dioxide, uh, he actually talks about increasing CO2 on purpose so as to actually increase yield. And in fact, he has a, a, a lot of things that they're writing about how agricultural yield has gone up incredibly over the last few decades as a result of CO2 rise. Mm. So, you know, this is the wrong target completely. And Andrew Scheer, unfortunately, is saying he's going to meet the Paris Agreement targets, but he's going to do it through regulations. Now you have to ask then, is that going to be cheaper or more expensive? And according to Ross McKittrick, who I think you've probably had on, I have, yeah. it's not yeah, it's not clear as to whether or not the conservative plan, which will probably be regulations, or the liberal plan, which is regulations and taxes and you know, cap and trade and other things, it's not clear as to which one will be more expensive. So having a, a conservative government may not get us out of this at all. That is a very good point. That's a very good point, because to what, what you're getting from the conservatives here is a political answer. Right? Yeah, that's right. It's, it's purely political. They're not asking the basic question. And the basic question should be, Ms. McKenna, what will your plan accomplish in the real world? What will it do to the climate? And, of course, she'll try not to answer. She'll try to say, oh, we have to lead the world because one one-thousandth to two one-thousandths of a degree doesn't sound very impressive. So she'll probably say, like Gina McCarthy said in the U.S., That's right. the head of the yep. EPA, that we had to lead the world to stop climate change. So then you have to ask, well, is the world going to follow us? And as we can discuss, if you'd like, it's very clear they're not going to. Well, that's also the guilt complex, the guilt trip. If we're not leading the world, then we must be doing something wrong. Then we're not doing what we're supposed to do because we're a privileged country, because we're a first world country. And so to head off this international crisis that is heading our way, we're, time and, we're told time and time again, we have to, to lead the world and lead the way. And so people succumb, and uh, yeah. some more willingly than others. And, you know, Tom, the, the argument that's gone forward over and over and over and over for years now is that this is how we save the planet. No, this is how, the, the true fact of it is, this is how Western economies are going to be placed at a disadvantage versus so-called emerging economies. And so we're going to, the Western economies, the, the, the first world economies, are going to be forced to, uh, to, to underwrite 
the developing economies in a manner which is going to be not complementary to the people of the of the first world economies. There's a way to do all of this without lying about it or without without um, maneuvering people into a disadvantageous position, which is what's going on. We know that yeah. the the head of the IPCC. Uh, he, he predicted that all the, what was it, the, the uh, Himalayan glaciers would all be gone by 2015. Or, yeah. And then he had to admit that he made it up. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, one of the things people don't realize is that... Pachari's his name. Yeah, that's right. You know, the Paris Agreement, everyone says, oh, everyone's covered under the Paris Agreement. How wonderful. Oh, these nasty Americans, they dropped out. China's even covered. Well, guess what? China's targets are that they can increase their emissions until 2030, okay? In contrast to us, we have to reduce ours by 30%, you know, down below, I think it's below 20, 2005 levels by 2030. But, yeah. but regardless, even that they may not have to keep because under the Paris Agreement and under all UN climate agreements is something called the Framework Convention on Climate Change. And in fact, it says specifically, and I'll read it, it's a one sentence which tells you the whole thing is, is ridiculous. Economic and social development and poverty eradication are the first and overriding priorities of the developing country parties. And, and they don't have that for us. Okay, so anything that's going to hurt their economy, they don't have to do because their economic and social development, poverty eradication, that's their first priority, not closing their cheap coal stations yeah. to reduce greenhouse. Tom, if you harm the economy that has the power to help developing economies, you're hurting both sets of economies with zero productive results. Stay with us, Tom Harris. We'll come back with Tom, the executive director of the International Climate Science Coalition. His column is Canada's Climate Change Plans, All Pain, No Gain. Stay with us. He always got straight A's, but his report card said he talked too much. This is the Roy Green Show. In a few minutes, we'll be speaking with Major General David Fraser. He was the commander of Operation Medusa and one of the most decorated Canadian generals in Canadian military history. And uh, Operation Medusa was a 15-day battle that took place in 2006 in Afghanistan. And uh, if the NATO forces, which were commanded by General Fraser, had not defeated the Taliban, who vastly outnumbered the NATO forces, and the Taliban would have regained control of Afghanistan right then and there. They're in control of about 75% of the country now, but uh, that battle in 2016 was so significant, and it was kept secret. So many details were kept secret, some still are. General Fraser will join us. Tom Harris with us now, Executive Director of the International Climate Science Coalition. His column, Canada's Climate Change Plans, All Pain, No Gain, so walk us through in uh, the time we have left, about three minutes, Tom, what are you telling Canadians who are still going to say to you and say to me, no, you're wrong, the climate is changing dramatically, humankind is, or people kind are re responsible, and if we don't do what we're told to do with carbon taxes and, and the like, then the planet's going to be gone for succeeding generations. Yeah, well, we tell them a couple of things. First of all, you should check the data, the real data. 
how much is the Earth warm? Okay, even if all of that was caused by humankind, one degree Celsius warming in a century or so is actually being a good thing because we were coming out of the little ice age. So I say to them, so you're basing your fears and you're basing what is over a billion dollars a day being spent around the world on climate finance, you're basing it all on computer models. Okay, computer models that if you actually go back 50 years and you plug in the data, you don't get today's conditions. So the models simply don't work. So the real question then is, okay, real people suffer due to climate change. Natural climate variability, you know, causes desertification and melting permafrost and all kinds of things. So those people should be helped. That's real adaptation. The UN wanted half the money to go to that kind of thing, real helping people today, and the other half they wanted to waste, unfortunately, on stopping climate change. But because of the fact that the money is to be made trying to stop climate change by building wind turbines or carbon credit trading, what's happened, Roy, is that 95% of that billion dollars a day is going to try to stop climate change sometime in the future. The real people today who need help are not getting the money. Now, this is where I think left-wing social justice warriors should be really upset because it's kind of like having your child bleeding to death in front of you. And instead of helping them with their bleeding, you pull out a university calendar and start looking at what university courses they might take next year. You know, I went to the Copenhagen Climate Conference and the Africans were outraged. They were saying, you're spending most of this money on what might happen to people who have yet to be born. We need help today, but they can't get it because the climate scare has taken over the minds and the common sense of everyone so that they dump all the money into trying to stop what might happen instead of helping real people now. And that's where, to me, it's a moral travesty, and I think even the left have got to see that. Dr. Bjorn Lomborg, when he was on this program, said several times roughly the same thing. There are millions of children in developing countries in the world who are sick, who are going to be sick, get medication, get medicines, get what they require, Give them that. Provide that. That's the first step you take. And then you can worry about other things later, but provide the necessities of life that are required now, today. Provide them now. Provide them today. The other stuff, you do it as you can. But a trillion dollars thrown at climate for something that may or may not happen 100 years from now, well... And they're never definitive. They're never definitive, Tom. It may happen. It could happen. It might happen. It... You know, Well, also, there's a Trojan horse in all this. They made an agreement in Warsaw when they had the big yearly climate conference, yep. uh, I guess about three years ago, uh, called the Warsaw, it's a strategy for loss and damage. And it's going to yep. hold the developing world, sorry, the developed world will be held responsible right. for loss and damage due to climate change that we supposedly in the West have caused. My friend, I okay. have to go, but I thank yeah. you, sir, and we'll, we'll have you back. Thank you, Tom. Okay, thank you. Tom Harris, Executive Director of the International Climate Science Coalition. When we come back, Major General David Fraser, don't go away.